0: Now, I've always been curious. I've heard of individuals microdosing psilocybin. Yeah. Now, is is that only is that medicinal and recreational just in it's, Michigan? No, it's
1: illegal. Oh, it's psilocybin. So that's when I was talking about my friend okay. who's a hockey player. He played on the Blackhawks. He raised $18 million to run a project that was research and development um, for research of his patent protocol that actually my doctor partner Jeremy made. And um, him, him and Carcelo, they partnered up on this, and they, they brought it to the, the, the um, FDA. And there's probably a handful of these companies that are doing it right now. And a lot of them go public. They're public in the Canadian stock exchange. And they, they have patent processes on psilocybin and how you microdose with psilocybin. It allowed me, like, again, I'm not the best person for that job right now. I need to learn about that area, right? Like, even just driving down this street over here, you see everything that's, that's pretty dope in Lombard, right? Every, every different restaurant, you kind of get a feel. So you hit the streets go door to door, and then that gives you some, you know, levity on, on what people are concerned with in, in the little area that yeah. you live in, so. You start to catch the vibe and the essence, Yeah. you know? Why don't you guys tell me about yourselves first? Tell me about you, Tristan.
0: Uh, I got into selling life insurance when I was 18 years old and then did very fairly well my first couple of years in the industry and then got an opportunity to move out here and kind of partner up with the Chicago market, and that's uh, put, put myself in a more of an equity building Opportunity per se, but but we don't own the book of business. so I, I don't know. I I guess that's loose terminology. But but just more opportunity. So oh, came out now here. Nineteen? Uh, no no no. I'm twenty five now. Oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> you no. Got so that I'm baby face. Yeah no. Thank you. So I'm, I'm going on. It'll be seven years in September. And uh, yeah, that's 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 pretty much it, man. I grew up in the South, Arkansas, and nice. parents split up when I was young, and and uh, had some adversity they faced, and I really didn't have a relationship with my dad. Haven't really for my entire life, and. My mom was from Pennsylvania, so I did half my life in Arkansas, and the other, the other half, I guess, of my youth in Pennsylvania. And insurance has moved me all around the nation. So
1: Arkansas yeah. has the prettiest blonde women, yeah. women I've ever seen. In my yes, day.
0: yeah, yeah. That's that's my
1: known that fact. It, dude, I think it so. I think fact.
0: Arkansas, Alabama, the, that, that that Southern, yeah. the Southern belt in general. You're gonna that's that's my favorite.
1: Well, I played uh, backup quarterback at Kentucky.
0: Okay, I saw the University of Kentucky, Kentucky in your yeah. in your bio. I was actually on the field of Kentucky for a game a season or two ago I don't know I think my one of our business partners has a connection there so we went out and got to be uh got to be on the field had like a intro great intro experience yeah 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 so I think they did pretty well this past year speaking of football Saban and Belichick out
1: the same week well all those coaches right I mean it's even the Bears coordinators too it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a tough world to be in that professional my brother was a scout for 22 years a brother-in-law in the front office and yeah like he didn't have any holidays man that that life is dedicated to that craft and it's a you win now or you're gone right not for yeah. long it is every season man that's a whole new deal so well they were going to trade belichick too yeah like imagine trading a coach mm-hmm. like, i think that that like what's the value of trading him
2: they were trying to get some draft picks from that um yeah. i don't know we had uh, jr in here talking about belichick yeah sometimes i think once you've accomplished you've ascended to such a high level What's next? How do you keep going? Sometimes you might just need to go somewhere else and reset. you know?
1: I would If I were him, I'd go to an island and chill. Yeah, I think so too. But that's why I've always liked David, right? Because he's a hustler. Like what, you know, alluding to what you were saying and, and you know your culture over here, it's like, that's what I was thinking, I'm on my way over here. I was like, what do I really like about David? And I was like, this guy, he's just a natural born leader. He's just enthusiastic, energetic, and it's authentic, right? It's real. Yeah, it's like yeah, genuine. Like when we met, he's like, come come hang with me, right? Get to know yeah. me. And you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? And always wanted to learn more. And that's what's really unique. You have a really young, energetic attitude about you, David, that like a lot of people, like I'm, I'm pretty tired, right? Yeah. I got the flu shot yesterday, the vaccine. It didn't mess me up, man. Like instantly, yeah. it totally destabilized my mind. Yeah, yeah. And like, it, it got me sick. But, like, not physically sick, mentally sick. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing ever. The
0: flu shot or the actual the vaccine? The flu shot. Okay. Yeah, the
1: va- the, it's a flu vaccine. Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not the other vaccine. Okay. Yeah. No, I was curious. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've gotten that one twice and, and the doctor told me to get it more. Yeah. And I was like, my wife said don't get it. So I was like, I'm not going to get it. But yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not against that kind of thing. Right. But yeah. it, it, dude, it knocked me out, man. Yeah. Like, it put me down. Didn't even, Did you get the fever? Yeah. I woke up today lightheaded, you know, felt like shit. Woke up at five, started working. I did a cold tub before I came here, Same and, here man. and now it's really nice. Yeah. So you take that that Ascend gummy. That's that's nice during the day, right? It's gonna give you like a let's little Ascend gummy. Let's, the, the let's orange grab one, that. Give you a little little kick, and uh, the mushrooms we use we, are they, we grow on our own farm in Indiana, so they're pretty strong. And it's got an energy. It's it's a spark. Yeah, it's a little spark of uh, it's like it's like a maple syrup,
0: pomegranate juice, water, honey, gelatin. Yeah, that's a different formula,
1: actually. But yeah, that's we we put a sticker over that now. But yeah, there's there's two ways to make it. You can make it um, vegan or not vegan.
0: Now, is this purely organic?
1: Uh, It's not organic, but it's all natural. Right. So everything we're making now with uh, micro doses is, is super, super forward, healthy. With mushrooms we grow and adaptogens and nootropics. This is called micro doses. Yeah, like micro doses. Like I said, I work with a lot of psychonauts and and they've really evolved. I I tell them I got to sell everything legal.
0: Now, what does the FDA consider different between organic and all natural?
1: So organic is grown in a specific organic fashion. And if you want to have an organic product, it has to be 90% organic for you to call it organic. So the ingredients are more expensive and you have to have like when you read through that label, we actually use organic mushrooms, but they're only two parts of our formula. So they're like 15% of our formula. Yeah. So it's not even getting close to the organic level. Can I try one of these? Yeah, yeah, do it. I brought it for y'all. And I take two of the, the gummies over there, split those at night. What
0: are the, Those are to help you sleep? Yeah,
1: a little passion flower. And that one's, they both have a, a mushroom called Amanita muscaria. And okay. Amanita is a really nice mushroom. It hits your GABA system, so it hits your mind in a way that you know you feel something pretty quickly. And, and that's what, that one will make you a little tired then that one should give you a little boost. But that shot, I'll take bring one. Yeah, take one. Yeah. Now, a little chewy, a little thick, like a little beefy meal. It's good. Yeah, they're not bad. And what are you supposed to feel from this? <laughs> you know, like all these things you take, mushrooms and stuff. And unless they're psychedelic, you're not going to feel anything. No. You know, I mean, we're going to get high. You are not. no, if we're going to get high. On this no, podcast, if you took that no. shot, if you took that <laughs> shot, you'd get high. That shot would make you high. Oh, and then this ketone drink. This is like a non-alcoholic offering. This has 12 grams of the ketone in it. Of different things, like I said, schizandria berry, um, calcium butyrate, and then R one, R three, and and this will get you a little high, but it's it's all natural. Like I told you, it's a cleanest burn. Like this is taurine and guarana, mm. like this is energy. This is energy too. So, it's a little bit different flow. This actually tastes good.
0: Look, before we get any further, let's 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 That's let's intro. formulate a little bit of an introduction. Yeah. Um So, another episode of Adversity Kings. We have special guest today. You want to introduce?
2: Yeah. So this is BJ. Uh, mccaslin and uh, known bj now for uh three years yeah three years and quite the uh, serial entrepreneur so i mean you've done stuff i didn't even realize so i'm going to go ahead and just read it um so you co-founded a national renewable energy company in 2008 so you looks like you exited two years four months
1: well we went bankrupt in that we lost like 30 million uh, my father and my uncle had this on-site wind technology that they, they developed and pioneered and we had some really, really dope flows. Like I, I cold called James Cameron, the guy who, who created <laughs> that, that, Avatar, yeah. and his brother J.D. who passed, who a you know. So James Cameron, all his movies, he has a veteran element to them, because his brother J.D. was his best friend and you know his mentor, and he was a veteran. So uh, I cold called them, got a, a wind a wind turbine. It looked like the back of a, a steamboat, mm-hmm. and we'd put it on top of roofs, right little did we know until we put the 30 million into it that the wind resource wasn't even viable at that height oh my gosh. and then when you make wind technology you know your efficiencies are 37 percent at the best when your resource is at the top level of how big your thing is like physically long or big that's why wind, t- wind turb- mills you see and wind turbines you see are massive yeah and so we thought it'd be cute in to have small wind energy right and when you see these small wind turbines all around the world they just they don't make any ener- any energy so you know, we put a bunch of dough into it, we had a really cool novel technology, but at the end of the day, I learned a lot. My uncle and my uh, my my dad and I, we failed in that. But I was young, and that's really where I learned how, we had like a burn of like 300K a month with these NASA engineers, Lockheed Martin, and they were super smart, and we were re- doing really cool stuff, but I learned how not to like run up your your run, your run burn rate in a company monthly. It's so like, that's one of my skill sets, is not like going out of business, right? I can stay This is literally business.
0: what I'm texting one of the assistants about right now, she's like, Business Amex is going off too much. I'm like, she's like, it's the DoorDash. I'm like, I just DoorDash apples and bananas, so it can't be the DoorDash. Um, <laughs> but I'm literally almost like sitting here like annoyed. Yeah. And so I, I don't know if you pick up on the energy, but I'm literally texting about more so more more so the burn rate in regard. And me and me and Dave are on the same page. I don't. I maybe it's like a like a young thing. You know, obviously with him having that youthful energy as well, where I'm just like spend it. You know what I mean? Put it all in on red, put it all in on black type of mentality of like gambler.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, dude,
0: I'm like 25 years old. I'm like, if there, if there's any type of like risk that, that I'm going to take, I want to take it all right now and go all in right now. Especially, especially when, when the money is in direct correspondence to like our sales force in the business, it's, it'd be different if it's like, like, I had, like, 100 Lamborghinis outside or something Yeah, you know, you're talking about like stuff that.
1: that's going to fuel the team to be more positive yes. and progressive. I mean, yeah. like, a DoorDash, that's just going to make people happy. Yes, I'm yeah. Well, well even that, and spot.
0: more so even just, like, I'm a big incentives guy. You know what I mean? Like, if I can get guys courtside seats or different things, like, that's going to be, you know, five grand, ten grand. You know what I mean? And it's like, I won't hesitate and, like, calculate, well, how much production do I need? I'm just more of a... I'll make it back down the road
1: well when i was a young young hustler i did like mortgages right and that's all i yeah. did it for was yeah. like the trip to vegas or yeah. the money that i was making at the time but it was the perks so that was like the culture that i, I was 20 21 when i got out of school and yeah i literally found the ad in the a, in a newspaper the daily herald and i called the guy and i was like you know what's this about he's like just come in for an interview and he's like and to be honest i don't really care if you come or not and he's like we're making money so, I went and I was just cold calling out of the phone book seven days a week, right? Yeah. And I really, really worked well in Englewood in Chicago. So, that was my network. But I'm, I'm the same way. Like that, that kind of camaraderie when I'm that age, like that's what I live for. You know, like as 40, it's a different, different kind of flow, right? Yeah. Like I said, I'm a pretty tired guy now. So, yeah, absolutely. let me keep going
2: and let me interview you because you've got a pretty big home run in here that I'm sure we can talk about. So, then from there, you went and co founded a ready to drink. Uh, coffee and coconut water and uh, looks like that one from 2010 to September of 2010 to April 2015 from inception to exit four years eight months am i reading that right yeah so that was that, acquired by
1: vitacoco that, that was vitacoco right Coco yep. on the nasdaq it's the best drink company in the world right so you have prime energy like prime is a great drink too but vitacoco is still a, a top drink vitacoco makes ingredients for prime back in the day um so for me i had a restaurant right when i got out of college after the mortgages and that kind of gave me my interest in beverages so i didn't really know the back of the house i didn't know the front of the house but i really liked to formulate drinks and i really got behind the bar and i could go to every table in my restaurant and know what everybody was drinking at every time right and that was just kind of my thing and so i moved back to venice beach i had a bum spot on the boardwalk in venice beach i was like studying for law school I met a kid on Craigslist named Elan. We were just looking, I was looking for a place to stay on the water and a wind energy company was going bankrupt. I remember taking a flight back from Europe and looking at the window and like, this wind energy's done. So I moved into Elan's apartment with him right on the beach, Santa Monica Boulevard, and it was his idea. So everything I typically do is someone else's idea. You know, my restaurant, it was tapas, you know, the Mediterranean, mm-hmm. that was someone's idea. The wind energy was someone's idea and this coconut water coffee. So. I was like, Elon. he heard me every day hustling, you know. saw me going down the beach, you know, selling on a boardwalk, and he was like, what are you going to do next? And I was trying to figure out what I did next. So I found this accessory. I sold it to Forever 21. It made a couple hundred thousand, and it bought me some time. And I was like, I love tea. I was like, I want to make this drink, and he, I think. And he's like, well, you know what coconut water is. And I'm like, I've only seen it in bodega. So it was 2010, mm-hmm. 2011, right? What did it say the date was I started it? September 2010. Yeah, so September 2010, I sold the company in November of 2010. Dang. Yeah, so I sold it like in 3 months. Dang. I won Best New Beverage Entrepreneur from Coca-Cola um, BevNet in December and we closed the deal with Vitacoco Coco in January. I literally moved from Venice Beach to January or uh, to New York in January and slept in the office. Right? I told Mike the CEO I've been there. Uh, yeah, it yeah. was like dude, there's a hammock and then like there was a shower. And it was new york too yeah. so like i lived in l.a but the west side of l.a was pretty cheap at that time new york was a different world for me It was super expensive so yeah like i finally sublet a place a year later and it was like six different guys that just got out of college yeah but i was young and i had ripped jeans i remember i, I you know i was dating a girl because there's tons of girls in new york and i was like i went and they finally gave us our first buyout and it was a cash up front deal right so they bought us they gave us some cash and then we took equity in their company and they took equity in our company. And then in three years, we had a deal that said they'd buy us out at three and a half times our revenue. So gotcha. just gross revenue, mm-hmm. right? And so we, whatever we owned in our company at the time, Elon and I, um, that's what we got to split. So, and so we it's had- like
2: a, a Sarasani steal, remember John?
1: <laughs> yeah, I've heard about his thing, right? His yeah. buyout. And, and Elan and I both had employment contracts for three years that were ironclad and I could go on and on about Vita Coco, man. Like I'm on a group chat with still their leadership and I talk to these three guys every day, Borgo and Stahl and Goldie. Goldie's like an all American tennis player from Wisconsin and he lives in Brooklyn and we just roamed the world for like three years, man, going from state to state, city to city, and launching distributors. But it was an amazing project. And and it's just a, a really tough business. But we had a great leader at the time and multiple great leaders. So
2: I personally watch you do that. So Then from there, um, October 2018, started a, again, ready to drink uh, segment, but this time it's in wine spritzer.
1: Well, So. so I went to India in 2015, and I brought over a spirit from India, an esoteric spirit that was distilled from the cashew apple. I went to Goa with some of my friends for like 90 days, and we all we ate was like chicken fingers and Pizza Hut, right? So in Tyson and then uh, peanut butter. I and mean, we had some good Indian food, but it was a very big culture shock for us being in Southeast Asia uh, for that long of a time. And we found this liquor, we brought it back to America. Nobody liked it, right? Not even the Indians liked it. It smelled, <laughs> like, uh, it smelled like like shit, it tasted like asphalt, but got really good ratings. It got like an 88 from the wine enthusiast, 92 from the tasting panel. So I started it with, this was the start of my whole liquor kind of career, right, in 2015. So I started learning compliance about liquor, the liquor distribution, which is much different than non-alcoholic distribution and, and health and wellness in, in that world. To me, that's the most difficult level of distribution I've ever been a part of is selling a product like a, you know, a wine and a spirit. So I, we took the liquor for two years, Finney, and then we uh, transitioned into the wine spritz. We were in uh, New, New Orleans launching a cocktail mix we did with that project. And I saw, I met a girl and she's like, I'm the third best canned wine in the nation. It was small, right? Small velocity, small overhead. So I was like, this is something that I can penetrate in 2018. So I started the canned wine. It didn't grow from 2018 to 2024, the segment didn't grow. The segment actually decreased. So I went against what I thought, like your comment of going all in on a concept. Like I really went all in on this category thing canned wine. But when you go buy wine, you know, people are buying bottles. Yeah. So then my thought was like, okay, well, where does this fit in convenient-wise? So we started going to festivals, like with Live Nation. We started putting it at concerts, sponsoring NASCAR. It's at Wrigley Field. So really cool concept. Um, and it fits, because what I do with everything I do, as you'll see, is I take the top end of ingredients, the most expensive ingredients I can find, and yeah. I put it into a product, and I try to charge for the least, right? Yes. I was doing a sample in in Malibu, and— place called PC green, super expensive. And I was pouring my coconut water coffee. And this guy was like, make it for the masses, not the classes. So I always thought that in my head, it was like, so even that's why our mushrooms and I tell that that shot right there, that energy shot. So many people are selling delta nine things right now. It's just but it's just delta nine flavor and water. You know, we have these expensive ass mushrooms. Elthini is expensive, you know, the the the, the, um, the ketones are a dollar into that bottle, right? So when you talk about people's total cost of goods, that bottle usually probably cost someone like 70 cents that thing cost me almost three dollars so i'm i'm always doing that i'm always tripling what people are putting into the, their products and that's what we did with the wine you know instead of sugar we use monk fruit instead of just shit bulk wine we went to a vineyard in washington and got really really good wine so you can taste the quality taste the difference but the problem is unless you have marketing like none of that shit matters yeah and that's what I'm not great at. My wife's a CMO and that's like with this project I'm on now, it's like I really brought in the best of the best minds to market. With Berkshire, right? Uh she was with Sotheby's. 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 She worked okay. at Berkshire for a while. She worked okay. at Sotheby's. Uh she's with Child Now. We have our first baby on the way, Hendrix. Let's go. Yeah, like future Hendricks. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Let's go. I like Jimmy. So Yeah, that's so-
0: what I was wondering. I was like, like
1: Yeah, like I'm Jimmy. assuming
0: so I got some Jimmy Hendrix songs. Yeah. That's dope. I love that's it. Dope, yeah,
1: we're we're stoked, man. So you know, we're of age to finally do it. Yeah.
0: Are you boy or girl? Do you know her? Boy. Boy. Let's go. Yeah. Hendrix. Hendrix. Yeah. Obviously. Well
1: Hendrix could be a girl's name, too. Yeah. It's yeah. a cool girl's name. Yeah. Do you have any kids?
0: I do not, dude. Yeah. I've I've uh, I've, met a, I've met a few entrepreneurs that I feel like I resonate with with more of like a I feel like my path will probably be more of like a late thirties, maybe early forties. Yeah. 40s. yeah I, just I, got married. I could see early forties being me, because I'm so gung ho on like the money's cool and all, and I'm I have not made, you know, a lot of money. I've I've seen a couple commas on a ten ninety nine, but like for me the the idea of just being number one and winning, I'm just a very like not a super like intelligent aside from like self-education, I'll read a lot, but like scholastically I, I couldn't tell you like about bar exams and law and all that. But like but like competitive wise, I wanna I wanna be number one and I know I'm willing to pay the price and I couldn't see a woman being cool with the way that I'm ready to rock for the next ten or fifteen years minimum of like, I'll stay at this office 24 seven for the next 15 years, just to, I, I wanna do a billion dollars just through the, this insurance company. I've marked it out. I think the metropolitan area of Chicago is 10 million people. The average leader in our company does about 100,000 in, in top line revenue a year. 10,000 people is like 0.001% of Chicago. And- uh,
1: Well, I need some life insurance.
0: I'm bought, in, I'm like, I'm so bought in on it. And, and even like, yeah, making good now relationships with people. Like, no, I do, yeah, and I with, uh, need it. I with need the, the life insurance. For my kid, yeah. yeah so man. Let me know. But uh, that, so like, that's where it's like, I like that. And before when I first got into uh, the industry and I had to start to create a a better, more promising image, especially working with the blue car demographic and then obviously a little bit of an older demographic because you're not really selling. Like I got in at 18. I wasn't selling insurance to 18 year olds. I was selling insurance 30, 40, 50 year olds. And so it's like I had to cut my hair. You know, I I did all these things that, you know, maybe I didn't necessarily have to do, but I wanted to create an image where they could kind of trust me a little more. And uh, I think for me, it's like. Again, it goes back to that expense thing, and I'm I'm willing to pay any price. I I always tell people I spend f- in correspondence with my dreams, not with, not with what I currently have. Well, oh,
1: I love that, and you have a great partner with David. Phenomenal right? partner. He's got the same energy.
0: It's same energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And but we have a good counterbalance too, because I where like I might have a little bit of excessive immaturity. He definitely brings me back down to down to earth. You know yeah, what, what I mean? I'm to still not
1: mature, right? Like that's what I, I always think about your children. Like they're so grown. I'm having first baby problems and first baby stress and. You know, I come talk to you, and I wonder what kind of stress you even have in your life. Like, I know you probably have to have some stress, but your boy just graduated a year ago, right, from Michigan? from Michigan, yeah. And then the other one
2: graduated. um,
1: Ohio. Ohio. Miami of Ohio.
2: Yeah. So he's going to be, he's actually going to go into investment banking and hopefully go into private equity with Lincoln International.
1: Oh, that's sick. Yeah.
2: So that's, boys are on a great trajectory. You know, Mike's that live in Scottsdale now.
1: That's what you said. Yeah, man, that guy's living a life. We yeah. got to go out there. Yeah, he was
2: just at the uh, national championship. Flew in with his uh, fraternity brothers. Flew down uh Houston. Oh, he went uh, to the game? the game. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, man, that's he's living his
1: very best life. You know. I, I like so we have season tickets to Michigan football my family since the '60s. That's right. And and I bet against him. <laughs>
2: Did you really? <laughs> yeah.
1: oh, come on. <laughs> because I like that quarterback. I like Phoenix. Yeah, but that was that was oh, not Washington? a good Washington. Yeah. Yeah. But he think, got I he was shoot. shook, man. Yeah, he was he got rocked yeah you should go to that um scottsdale national golf event that's an amazing event okay yeah uh, i think that's in february right? yep. yeah yeah he's got his he's
2: got his buddies coming in this his fraternity brothers are flying in from across the country what frat what's he in uh pike okay yeah so they it's a big thing for them they're they're all going mike recently took up golfing oh and, nice uh, so yeah,
1: yeah you got to go man it's sick okay you can get different it's a tpc right yeah you get different tier tickets like the 16th hole is a great ticket and then um that's probably the best place to be it's that party hole right okay and there's a couple other but you get them early too though because that thing sells out but i love i was born in phoenix as i told you Right, this camels for camelback mountain okay um that mountain tried to kill
2: me by the way last year yeah yeah we went in the peak it was like a
1: hundred and some degrees do people die
2: it almost it was trying to kill me i'm telling you that Camelback Mountain and I are gonna have a round two. Yeah, and this well, is gonna go down differently. You got
1: to go over and back. We did go over. And you go back. Yeah. Well, we we got to You go to the top and then you walk came back. back down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you yeah. gotta go over, back, and then walk back the same way you came. That's the that's the move. Okay. That's tough. It was 100 and some degrees. There's no shade. You can't do it in 100 degrees. Yeah, it's too hot. You got to go Yeah, well, it early. wasn't
2: intended for that. It's just it took me three hours. My son goes and does that during lunch. Like, he'll go up and run up and down. That's it. why I
1: love Phoenix. Like, yeah. I love that area. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a like it's going to be negative here, you know, in the next few days. Like, what do you do? Yeah. Bye. Get
0: out. Leave. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Well, I took my nephew. He's a great quarterback in the Bay Area over to Kelly Holcomb's Next Level Athletics. Mm-hmm. That's then in the Bow Dome, yeah. right? That's where yep. JJ trained with that dude. Kelly, yep. And they got some good quarterbacks. They got some good players, man. Like yeah. that St. Francis is a good school. It's Greg Holcomb. Greg Holcomb. Yeah. yeah. St.
0: Francis from Wheaton.
1: Pennsylvania. Yeah, Wheaton over here. That's a good school too. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, because my, yeah. my uh my business partner out in Pittsburgh, Brad Brody played at St. Francis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah D1AA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these um, yeah.
1: these high school kids out here, like my my nephew came in from the bay. My my brother, like I said, he's a scout. He's like, Man, you got some, some, some dogs out here. He's gonna
2: go work with that uh, Greg. He went the out there yeah, school. he just threw yeah, he okay.
1: just threw when he came out for the holiday. Yeah. But he's got, got trainers. We'll get him him on the pod, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. But he's got I mean, he's got some good quarterbacks. He's got a kid going to Michigan State. Yeah. Um, Nazareth has a great quarterback, great receiver with uh Sestone's kid. I mean, they got a great school. Two years, two state he's championships. Only a softball, man. I know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I, I like this area, man. It's said you live here. You live in this area. Yeah, I
0: stay here on this couch. <laughs> I wasn't lying. Oh,
1: really? Yeah, for real. I like yeah, I like we're that. on my bed. Yeah,
0: yeah, we're on my bed. But uh, I so travel seasons will pick up. So when they're when I think fourth quarter, I was in Texas mainly, and in the weekends I'll bounce around. hotels yeah oh no 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 our our parent company globe life so that's the holding company for us they're in uh dallas globe life field for the texas rangers yeah 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 so yeah we had a a lot of great marketing this year with with uh with with them so but I, i figure between this half and then we have another suite you know we got Close to twenty thousand dollars a month, just in. But
1: I was like you too. Just in I expenses. Was, I was super nimble, man. Like I, I remember being in New York, and and I would look, I would spend my days like, where am I going to sleep tonight? I think I'm,
0: I, I'm, I think I'm simultaneously nimble, but I'm also, again, I'm very, I'm an aggressive spender. You know yeah. what I mean? But, but I, I, and Dave could probably, because I always ask him. I'm like, do you think I'm spending too much in, in regard to the business? Personally, like I'm not, you know, bringing, bringing benefit and value to the business. And every time I've asked him, you know, he's always like. Nah, dude, I think we should spend more, you know what I mean? It's like, cause I I never want to take, I always tell tell everybody this, this is kind of like my philosophy on like how to really make it in sales. And if, if just my, my plan on life is, you know, I, I think with what you said, one, first off, if you don't have a good product, it's marketing doesn't even matter. But secondly, I think of, I always tell these guys, I use this analogy. You can either get the biggest slice of pizza of the smallest pizza, or you can get the smallest slice of pizza of the biggest pizza. And I sit there because it's a lot of words. But I'm like, when they think about it, they're like, I'll take the smallest slice. And I'm like, my vision is to build a billion dollar company and cut out as much equity as possible. And if I've got a couple percent, I'm way better off than where I'm at now with a lot larger percentage than I have now. And we did four or five million last year. Yeah.
1: I mean, I've, I've never held over at the end of the day, 10% of a company when it really gets to where it's going. Yes.
0: Right. And yes. Like
1: five, six, up to 10.
0: And I, I feel like it like, you know, Dave's like, you know, it sounds good, but make sure you keep your heart that way. And I'm like, dog, I'm, da- I'm trying to win, bro. You know what I mean? Because it's like a lot of people will will talk about it, but then you'll you'll meet like rare individuals like yourself that actually stick to their guns and are cool with just holding on to a couple percent. Because everything starts as a sprout, even if you're like I'm reading a book right now called uh, Barbarians to Bureaucrats or something. And uh, it right when you right when you sat down, you're like, I just use everybody else's ideas. That is this book. And it's yeah. fire. And it talks about the Steve Jobs and the individuals that just kind of come into an industry. And they just kind of pioneer and pave a way of like one of the one of the movies that kind of revolutionized my fourth quarter was uh, the founder with Ray Kroc Yeah, yeah, the McDonald's Dude, the McDonald's. And I'm like, bro, that's that's the vision. That's the, the powdered passion milkshake. Yes, the powdered milkshake how how aggressive that dude was. So you know that's that's kind of my uh, my energy. So because people were like, man, you you know what I mean? You really you really uh, you know live live. Uh, and then I was like, no. What's
1: the time? This it's what you should. I'll spend it. I remember. I, I mean, I'm I'm like you in a sense. Right now, I have a kid, so now I have to you know, yeah. be a little bit. You look at my gambling. Like I probably lose like 30, 40 k gambling, but that's on a note of like seven hundred thousand eight hundred thousand a year. What's your what's your game? It's just sports. The, like it okay. just goes throughout the year. Like yes. And it used to. It started from. I never started to do it. Till I had money. Yes. So it's a good sign for you. You can't spend money unless you have it. Yes. So you know, if that motivates you to keep making it, spend it, that's good.
0: We went and got to meet uh Dana White because we went to a networking event in Vegas through Sarasani. And then he had Bob Mennery there. We did a podcast with him, hung out with him the entire night. He introduces us to Dana White. He takes us back. Bob Mennery takes us back. And I've, I've never gambled in my life. So I never knew what gambling was I ended up hitting a jackpot on a uh, slot machine made a couple thousand Thanks. and then memory's like put it back so I lost it all oh, <laughs> and yeah. like put it back in but but then they take us back to see uh Dana and the high stakes gambling yeah and they're playing blackjack and this kid I've the kid had to have been 22 23 that. years old you're good bro uh 22 23 years old loses 100 grand right there on blackjack gets up unfazed Pulls out another hundred grand, Sheesh. sets it back down on blackjack, uh, and I'm like, I got, I got, gotta make I, more. yeah, I got to make more. Like that, like that wasn't something that like I was turned off by. I was like, dude, I need to be in a position where it's like hundred grand. It's hundred grand. Gone. Yeah.
1: That's the, my friends. Were Dana White's. Um, I'm friends with the daughter, Kellyanne Fertita. Oh yeah, and the Fortida brothers. Yeah. The Fortida, so yeah. On what hotel you were at? I might have been there. Red Rock. Red, Rock, Red that's Rock. That's yeah. where we were. And that's their property. Yes. Yeah, their son just turned four yesterday. West Jay Namiro. So they're they're my really good friends from Venice. We just went to uh, we went to France together to see our friend get married, and we met in Bordeaux. We went to Petrus, mm. um, the best winery in the world. Yeah. And so they're they're selling out. there. yeah Bordeaux. They're selling. They're sending us out. Um, Magnums right $25,000 a bottle it's all set up because of Frank Fertita. and you know I, I drink a lot I'm not drinking this month which everyone appreciates from me which it's hard too Dry so January. yeah, yeah. what's well, not even that I just want to be more selectively sober like I, I'm just I'm a I'm a big drinker especially starting in the hospitality industry working like you guys work I entertain a lot travel a lot and so I want to cut back right I went to the doctor yesterday he's like you're healthy but you're fat <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like so i'm really not healthy and um yeah so like the the magnum came out and they pour a little bit for you because uh, you know and like they set it all up because of their customer the vertita and i'm just there by proxy you know their peasant friend which is great but i drank like three quarters of that magnum and then they brought out another one and my friends like chill They're like uh-huh. but like it's the best wine ever so we really? bought yeah, we bought some we got the 2022 allocation we get it in 2025 they said it's their best varietal since like the nineteen sixties. We got it for I think I think forty five hundred a bottle. So we, it still
2: needs to age for another yeah, year and a half.
1: Yeah. And they're on the top of the mountain with the blue clay. And it was just it was an experience, man. And that's what you know, loving wine and loving beverages. And we're sitting there with um with the winemaker and his name is Oh Olivier. And then the sales guy's from, you know, the Bay Area, or he's from Yes, uh, what's, where's he from he's from Rincon so Santa Barbara area and he played tennis and he started that big dog clothing brand but he sells wine now mm. for this Patrus and And we were with Olivier and we're talking just football like we're talking his favorite teams the 49ers right? Yeah. and so the Fertitas had at the biggest box in that uh, Legion Stadium in the Vegas so we're talking to Olivia and Chad my friends a big better too, Kellyanne's mm-hmm. husband and The guy, the sales guy's like, you know you're talking to the best winemaker in the world right now? It's like you're talking to somebody that people would pay millions of dollars to sit with, and you're just talking about football.
0: Now, when you're a best winemaker, does that simultaneously almost give you the badge of, like, Master Sommelier?
1: Well, he, he is a Master Sommelier. His dad's a Master Sommelier. He is... This is like, they have their own thing they make on the side. But yeah, this guy is the best Somalia in the world. Uh, like, can we get this guy on a podcast? Oh, I'm, I don't know. He lives in France. Right. So, but like zoom, like, I like, I don't know. Like, I don't know him like that. And again, okay, I, was yeah, there no. and I was there by proxy. Right. So it was, I like, don't know if you guys were tight, we're not. So Chad can like hang with the crowd. I'm, yes, I, you know. Again, if they let me in, I, I bang the door on the way in. I invite myself. I'm a yeah. they invite myself places kind of guy. <laughs>
0: That's how I am so. with like trying to get podcasts. I'll yeah. ask
1: anybody. Yeah. Well, I'll see if Chad will come on, and then maybe he can introduce you to some people.
0: Now, now, I'm curious in regard to wine because I keep coming to my mind
1: is Gary V. Yeah. So he had a great wine with the D 2 C concept. So yeah. he really plays to his strengths. Everything he does. Yes. See, I mean. You look at someone like him, and that's a marketing genius. Yeah. So he made a wine, and he immediately partnered up with Constellation Brands, which is a portfolio company. And what they did was they targeted a specific audience, delivered a great product, and delivered it in a fashion that he knew his followers would be influenced by quickly. Yeah. And D2C Wine's consistently grown, right? Consistently grown over time. And that's why I did this kind of project, right? Everything you see is lightweight. Like this drink I make right here is in this can, but it's only going to venues and festivals. Yeah, everything else is going D to C like that little bottle 75% if I sell at margins on D to C. Yeah, 10 bucks a bottle, you know, and
0: you like D to C obviously because you're cutting out so many different middle parts, especially
1: with distribution. Distribution is so so segmented and so heavy to manage. First, you need your own person. There's a $75,000 salary to 150 and then you need to go talk to them physically every day up and down the street. You need to go talk to the customers. You know, manage your distributors, manage your distributor reps. So that is such a thorough process. That's what we did at VitaCoco. That's what Prime's doing. I was gonna say,
0: why why do you think Prime hit it off? Because I I saw some astronomical numbers thrown out there, and I didn't do any million. Did they do a billion dollars of sales? Billion,
1: billion bottles. they did a they did a hundred million. Okay. Yeah. I don't so know if they did a Is bidding. that top or bottom line revenue? It's top line revenue. Top line revenue. Yeah, but that's amazing in two years. They did it because of that Logan Paul effect.
0: Now that's what I that's yeah. what I keep telling all my people here. I was like, there's a certain thing that, that where it's like there's certain things I just can't teach immediately, but what I can get us to do is buy into just get in front of a camera every day. Yeah. Because this kid 10, 15 years ago, was a nobody and just consistently well, kept Dimas. making Same content. Same Mr.
1: Beast, right? Like he counted backwards to a million or something. They did a yes. million,
0: right? Yes. So those two individuals, who, the, those are the two individuals I've been referencing to revolutionize the insurance industry. And, I, and I'm telling everybody, you know, I've been I've been consistently at the podcast game for for two years now. I was amazed.
1: You said two fifty. Yeah. That my only. I thought focus... I was coming to like David's house. Like I remember <laughs> your old office, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. The street, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, dude. That my only focus is reps, and because it's the only thing that got me through insurance to reach a decent level. And I'm like, well, if this got us to seven figures, if we can consistently get reps in social media, I wonder how much attention we can generate, what we can do with it, and what that'll look like in six years.
1: Well, it's like two pieces. So for the prime, first of all, there are two kids out of Louisville and they are sneaker heads, right? Yeah. So they started off making their first drink called 3D Energy with an influencer. And then they took it to Alani New Energy She's an amazing influencer too. Yes. And then so they own 60% of the companies. They give Logan Paul their celebrity 40% of the companies and they have like 200 people that work for them like I was saying that like Vita Coco has got 200 people that manage the distributors, manage the stores, yeah. manage the shelves. So they actually have the infrastructure of a beverage CPG side of it elite. Yeah. And then they bring in this influence and then that's what gets that to the next level, right? That's what gets liquid to lips. What does CPG stand for? Uh, consumer product goods. Okay. So, because again, when you make anything that's a consumer product good, you have to have feet on the street. Like I live in the streets. Yeah. So when I get respect, like I go around my network in the beverage industry, they call me Baby Jesus, right? Yeah. BJ. Um, but it's because I live in the streets, man. Like I, you'll see me every day. Like even with this, this just little dishing truck, out, dishing out. I'm always in the streets, man. Like I've already, I do 200 cold calls, like every three days. Like I'm make make sure my number is 200. Because you talk about reps, like that's what Tom Brady said when he's a fifth-string quarterback, and just I just reps. That's the only thing I'm good at. He got that one rep in practice. Yes, did it perfect. Then they gave him three. Yes, did him perfect. Then they gave him six. Did him perfect.
0: Yes. Now he's playing. I asked Jr. the other day who who the best player was of all time, and he said Jerry Rice. Who's it for you?
1: Uh, I, I, I mean, it's just specific, but he's probably a receiver-minded guy. I like Joe Montana, right? But I love Brady, and I yeah. love the way Brady influences right now. Yes, being modern day. Yes, but I love Joe. You know, Joe is great. I want to. You typically the Jerry's got a drink goat energy. They're doing really well. I feel like I, I thought I thought I Bill Zerian
0: had a goat energy. Um, no, his uh, he's got the vape pen that's got the got goat a on it.
1: Yeah, he's got a liquor too. Oh, okay, he's got a snake. It's called something. I've seen. I, I can see it in my head. It's a ram. I read his book and it was actually. I thought it was just going to be like drugs and and girls, but it was actually really good. Well, he's got to be pretty introspective with life experiences. Yeah, right? no, he can't very. be just a moron.
0: Yeah, no that's what I I used to think because you know I, I I didn't come from any money and I used to think like man these guys that just came from money and then multiplied that money it's just easy for them like when people say oh well Trump got got rich because his dad gave him a million dollar loan and and then like started to like make money and I was like
1: well, it's all a level, right? It's Whatever not easy you to multiply. that yeah. next level. You just keep working towards. Yes, and you manifest it too. Like you,
0: you man, the manifestation, but just working the money in general. I respect now. I don't care if you start it with a million, 10 million, negative million, negative ten. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if you can grow it. Oh yeah. I respect. I respect the money. You know what I mean? I, I oh, yeah, respect no, wherever I res- the money goes. I respect I res- rich kids. Yeah, bro. I re- especially yeah, because. Man, nowadays, you got – we're talking about Mr. Beast and Logan Paul. There's 12 – I was looking at the top 10, 15 uh, YouTube earners, and there was a couple 12-year-olds on there that just doing toy reviews I know. made eight, nine – maybe
1: eight-digit-plus uh, top-line income. I know. And I, I was like – I have a, a – my nephew's 13, the quarterback, and we yeah. have a company for him called Hitten. Yeah. Stayhittin.com, and he did 25000 in sales last year at 13 – Dude. Just doing his sunglasses and he hit me up. We were in Williamsburg playing baseball and we flew back and he's like Uncle B What's his made in China And I was like, what do you want it for? And he's like, I want to bring the sunglasses over He know got pit vipers." Yeah, I was like, alright, well, well, I'll teach you Alibaba I'll set you up a PL, We'll be on QuickBooks And so he owns a company with me and This is his first year and he you know, he sets up his little tent and he sells the glasses and he's got a website and when he wasn't busy with school and sports, you know, now he's going into freshman year, he was always dialed in. He's like, I want to do the bandana shorts, Uncle B. And he's, you know what those are? And I was like, yeah, I know what the young kids are wearing. Yeah. So he's tight. Yeah. My, my niece, who's 10, who's amazing, my sister won't let me work with her, but I just got her trademark yesterday, curated by Kyla. I wanted her to just do toy reviews. Yes. And that's all I want her to do, man.
0: Toy reviews. Yeah. Dude, these toy review kids paid, I, know. I saw one make like 30, 40 million, and I was like, toy reviews are you kidding me Could imagine, yeah. imagine the money we would have made you know Talking I, about toys. well, well I, I put this information out there too youtube there's a lot of these great companies that people are capitalizing on right now 20 30 years ago they didn't even exist i know they didn't even exist and it, it's mesmerizing to me on one i think people overestimate what can get done in a day and underestimate what can get done in a decade i think that's the hardest thing in regard to retaining agents is you we recruit people off the idea of getting wealthy off getting rich through sales but they want it in a day. They're not willing to commit to what to put that time in takes a decade. Yeah. You know, um, I, I typically open up podcasts with my curiosity is point of origin with everything. I want to know, like, where it started. And, and even even further than that, I want to know where your parents started So where where where's your family from?
1: I mean, not that is all my socialization. Right. Yeah. That's why David loves my my political aspirations. And we can touch on that later. But that's why I was always socialized working. I moved from Los Angeles. Um, is that born, where you were born and raised? Born in Phoenix. Okay. I was raised in San Dimas, California, and I moved here in fourth grade. Um, my dad played professional baseball in the Tigers. He hurt his arm. And then my mom went to U of A. So that's where they met in Arizona. They had my sister and I. She's 42. I'm 40 and then we moved to L.A., and then we moved here, and i have never seen snow, and, I, and in L.A., I lived, you know, when Catholic school, all Hispanic kids didn't speak Spanish, but we went down to Mexico, Rosarita, Tijuana, and we hung out with their family, Yeah. and Sonata, and then I come here, and it's a public school, like 12 classes per grade, and I start meeting, you know, Hispanic kids that don't speak English, and yeah. it's snow, and I was like, what is this? And I'm like, I'm young, I'm like, what is this world? And so they, then they teamed me up immediately with, um, folks who are at risk youth, as well as special needs. So a period of day, every day in my school here in Chicagoland area, that was my life. So that's how I socialized. My dad was just a project guy, a hustler. My mom never graduated school. My sister was an amazing athlete. She's six foot, can jump out of the gym. She played volleyball at Kentucky, she actually played. Um, And so she's my role model, super smart, not like me. Like I'm a risk taker, I'm, I'm pretty, different words I don't want to have recorded, right? But it's like, I'm a different person. People yes. know that about me. And uh, you and I would get along really well off the mic. And um, I feel like when I got to be in sixth grade, I finally had, I got a job, right? So yeah, started working at the um, the, the hot dog stand at Max's dog house. And I had a go-kart. I'd, I'd, I'd go out every day and I'd like, I'd try to auction off my go-kart to my neighbor's parents and sell it to them. And I'd always just find stuff in my house and try to sell it to the neighbor's parents. So I was always trying to find money and, um, and that was really what motivated me and sports was. So even in, in high school, went to school early, I graduated high school early with a 1.6 GPA. I just graduated because I wanted to go play, play ball. Yeah. And I worked out at the Birdo Center. So for four days a week, I would I'd wake up early, I'd go work out in the morning at school, lift weights, I'd run my mile and a half during school and then after school, I'd rip bongs and go right to the burdo Center. Yeah, And um, I'd work out with the Bulls four days a week. Al Vermeil trained me and uh, it was an amazing, so really structured life though. So I got into a lot of trouble. I got arrested a few times for just ignorant moves, but it was all kid stuff, but very, very structured life. And so even when I went to play football in college, that again was very structured. Wake up in the morning, yeah. work out, go to school, graduated college in three years.
0: Who was the most influential person on you in your your first couple I mean, of my decades? Dad, your dad. Right?
1: Yeah, I mean, he drove me, and it's funny because I always talk to my nephew because his dad is a great leader, and and, and my brother in law Q, and um, and it, he, they're hard on us, right? Yeah. So that's why when you know my dad would always, I was telling Drew, Drew's, Drew's driven. Like Drew came out here, my nephew, to play sports <laughs> to come for the holiday. He was like, we're not sitting around. Like, we got to get him out there putting in some work. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, come on, man. And I I like Drew. Drew and I just messed around. So, and I was telling Drew, we went courtside to the Bulls game. Yeah. Don't ever get courtside behind the Bulls bench. That is the worst seats.
0: Is it really? Because I oh got them behind God. the opponents, and I was like, "This is stupid. I should have got behind the Bulls."
1: Just but the coaches sit on risers, so six foot riser. Yeah. So if you because what's great about those courtside row A is they're cheap, right? They're like yeah yeah they, 500 bucks. <laughs> yeah they were yeah. cheaper courtside courtside like it's worth it if you got the dough. But like if you could get that row A, yes, that's a money seat. Yeah, that row man. A was, was drinks. We were like row A, and it yeah, was get cheaper. There at dude, six and pound drinks for four yes. hours. It's amazing, and um. So, yeah, my father is the man. He's a project guy. And, uh, you know, really to me, that's the dude that showed me how to take concepts and ideas. He had me collect money for him when I was young, and he'd, he'd take me to Vegas, and I worked at trade shows for him. He always sold like knickknacks from Asia. So, as I told David, I was sending this wire to Asia, coming over here because the Chinese New Year's coming up, and I need 200,000 of those bottles, right? And then the Suez Canal's messing up shipping. So, it's like,
0: I saw that this morning yeah, on the Wall Street route. Journal something in regard to the canal was was shutting so it's, down. It's,
1: it's like it's a it's a time frame. Can I get these the end of February or April? Yeah, if I don't get this in right now. It's I don't get it till April. And so I was sending this wire. hemp banking is real too. Hemp banking is very hard to deal with. So my dad taught me at a very young age how to maneuver um, and do things and be like project. Like everything I call is a project because yeah. win, lose or fail, you're going to learn. Like. The wine company, we're still a part of, we're pushing it, but the guys who brought in the last set of money, they're running it now, right? Yeah. So that project's out of my hands, you know, but I'm still hoping that we can get it to the place it's supposed to be, but I didn't deliver us there, you know? And that that to me, to me is a failure, that I wasn't able to lead the project to ultimate success. Yeah. A failure on my side of the coin, right? Not ultimately right now for the project, but that's kind of what my dad taught me. Is that you can do all these different things and you can you could win and you can fail. And that's what sport was too. Sport was the biggest thing for me is playing ball and having the team, the camaraderie, and that energy, right? Because you can really elevate your mind. I get I'm a very enthusiastic individual. I can see you are too. Yeah. You know, at times that I'm easily excited. Yes. Right? So yeah. I get soup. That's what my, my old business partner's grandpa told me. he's like you're a very easily excited individual.
0: I'm reading another book. So I do an audible book and then a physical book. And the other one's called Hypomanic, and it's about these individuals that essentially just pioneered success in general from Carnegie's Alexander Hamilton all these different oh, nice. historical figures and you I think you know you'll you guys have probably all been labeled like the ADHD you probably didn't pay attention too much or or you'll find something and you'll just lock in and be obsessed almost like in a state of like manic like mania
1: oh yeah I know I'm manic like I think things in my head yeah nonstop. I was up today at 4 30 working I went to bed last night at yeah. 11. Because I was thinking, and my wife's like, "Oh, it's anxiety." I didn't know what the word anxiety was till I was like thirty-five. Yeah, it's, like, it's not anxiety. I'm like, I'm excited. Yeah, excited to get up and work on this shit. Like, this is my life's worth of work. I started taking these mushrooms like reishi and stuff in two thousand and nine, and the fact that I'm finally able to work with them in twenty twenty three, like it's that's what fifteen years. Wow. It's like I'm I'm excited. I'm so excited to get these products out there.
0: Yeah. You
1: want to talk about that company?
0: Uh, yes. I want to ask one other question though before we yeah. jump into the company hardest adversity you had to overcome that kind of, that kind of really, I, I like to use the word almost, you know, pivoted your life. What Where did that occur? When did that occur?
1: I mean, it's different at all times, right? You're always going to, I see the adversity, always, you always face adversity. And, and that's really what makes you become who you are. And I'm, I'm very nimble because of adversity, right? Yeah. So, when you talk about, when I opened my restaurant, I, I couldn't scale it because of the partnership I had. The restaurant is still there that I opened up in 2005 when I was 22. Well, the wow. restaurant's still there in Bloomington, Illinois, at Illinois State University. We all ate there when Nazareth won a state championship. And it's they opened another one with the same name, same menu in the same city. What's the name of the restaurant? Reality Bites, Reality. Illinois State University, downtown Bloomington. It's in Bloomington. Yeah, it's an amazing it's a new part? Uh, old, no, Bloomington. Normal's the new part. Normal. Um, wow. Downtown Bloomington, it's old. Okay. I played indoor football there. So I, I opened a bar next to an indoor football stadium. And I remember walking to football practice one day and I saw like, for lease, the bar, right? And so I just got done selling mortgages. I had one of those black patent leather briefcases. I went in there and I talked to the bar owner and he's like, yeah, it's not going well. I wanna sell the business. And how much you wanna sell it for? It's like 120. And I was like, all right. And then I went to the landlord, the guy, the kid, and the, the dad was busy, gave me to his son i was like is he behind the rent at all and he's like yeah six months and i said okay cool i'll pay the rent right let me get that six months rent it was like 1500 and then i'll take over the lease right And then i'm gonna retrofit this whole thing And he's a contractor i was like then i'll give you 100 000 and retrofit the whole thing and then we signed that lease and then at least my lawyer was like hey put in here a year's worth of free rent for you and the contractor's son and the, the bar the owner of the property didn't read the lease so he signed it. So I had the whole first year of rent for free. So yeah. I, and then I went into the guy who owned the business and I was like, OK, cool. I got the lease all set up. I'm going to take it over next month. He's like, great. He's like, you got the check for 120. And I was like, I got a check for four grand for you. And I was 22. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, yeah, man. I'm like, this restaurant equipment's not worth shit. If it breaks tomorrow, which it all will. I'm like, you know, I'm like your business. I'm tearing all this out. Like it's called Crazy Planet Kitchen vegan and stuff. I was like, I don't want any of the stuff you were doing. He was so pissed. And I opened my briefcase, and he's like, "What's in a briefcase?" And it was all was just that check, yeah. <laughs> just a four grand check. He was so mad, though. But that's so adverse. But then I, I failed not being able to expand that. Right? I failed in the in the, the wind energy company. So I, I face adversity all the time, and it's like, how do you stay nimble? How do you grow from what you've just learned? Like even with this wine company at thirty nine, like I'm pissed every day. I didn't sell it, right? So I'm pissed that I I didn't get it to where it was supposed to be. Yeah. And so like, now what do I do with this next project? It's like I bring the investors in that gave me money from that onto this so I can try to make their money back and try to make them some money. So to me, there's it's constant adversity. And that's what life is to me. And, and, but you can't take it too seriously because when you're dead, you're dead. Yeah, right? I'm a big believer in faith and um and, and, you know, God has a plan for you regardless of how hard you work or how much money you make. And Completely agree. It, it's like at the end of the day, like I told my wife how happy I was this morning when I woke up. And that to me was was the wealth that I wanted right now. Absolutely. usually I'm, I'm pretty edgy.
0: Yeah. And no, I wasn't. Thousand percent agree. Yeah. Um, what company did you want to jump into?
2: So that leads us to your current project. And that would be my crew, Doses. Yeah. That's yeah. what we just
0: had. Yeah. yeah. I feel locked in.
1: So. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Locked we'll in about that. Well, it's just a company that we really seek out to provide non-alcoholic alternatives, right? Coming from the liquor industry, being a, a person who drank a lot, you know, now I'm getting older and I have a son come and I want to make sure that I love euphoria. I love being high. I love getting high you know, off of just the emotions that even without being intoxicated a substance. So I wanted to make functional products off of mushrooms that are obviously very trendy nootropics, which are like supplements, right? A supplement you take would be considered a nootropic, like l theanine they give you a feeling, right? You take your pre-workout, yeah. that's a supplement, that's a nootropic when they have in there. Um, and then I love I love cannabis, I love hemp, right? So to me, hemp was an easy transition, and hemp's legal, it also falls very um, similarly to the beverage space right now. The biggest booming thing in beverages right now for non-alcoholic is hemp, mm. it's the biggest ingredient.
0: Now, I've always been curious, I've heard of individuals microdosing psilocybin. Yeah. Now, is, is that only, is that medicinal and recreational just in Michigan? It's, no, it's
1: illegal. Oh, it's, it's, psilocybin. So that's when I was talking about my friend okay. who's a hockey player. He played on the Blackhawks. He raised the $18 million to run a project that was research and development um, for research of his patent protocol that actually my doctor partner Jeremy made. And um, him, <laughs> him and Carcillo, they partnered up on this, and they, they brought it to the, the, the um, FDA, and there's probably a handful of these companies that are doing it right now and a lot of them go public they're public in the canadian stock exchange and they're they they have patent processes on psilocybin and how you microdose with psilocybin so the soccer moms that say they microdose right they're actually just getting high on psilocybin yeah when you microdose on psilocybin you won't feel it so the place you can take it now is oregon it's so oregon okay so that's the one place place and that's how it's going to be spread out you'll never buy mushroom psilocybin recreationally ever ever ever
2: and it's illegal. Right it's now. illegal it's a schedule th-
1: one drug that will never be if it's ever descheduled, which it will be soon. Um, the best presidential candidate, you know, uh, Kennedy, he wants to deschedule all psychedelics. So MDMA right now is getting descheduled. And so you can start like ketamine is something you can take, but that's different. MDMA, you can start actually going to facilities and start being given MDMA for your depression. And to treat you clinically,
0: and see, I've I, and I've heard so many different podcasts that have said like psilocybin and these mushrooms are some some have shown some of the best results. Yeah, with, they do with MDMA's with mental health.
1: MDMA MDMA is a leader leader in that. There's the most research that Maps has done. Maps just rebranded uh, themselves, but psilocybin is the most like trendy thing because okay. it's the most accessible. Okay. So that's like what people love to take eu- euphorically, recreationally. Yeah. and Now that they're saying, oh well, it's helped me out in all these facets. Which my hockey player friend it really helps him out right he's a, yeah. he's a fighter he's gotten all these fights and yeah. he's got tbi he's got depression right so the psilocybin regimen for him takes the edge off it really helps him be who he is and routine is the biggest thing right staying in his routine waking up early taking care of his yeah. four kids going to work out getting his work done eating well you know having the positive interaction with his friends his wife everybody yeah and then the psilocybin is a huge piece of that but like we love psilocybin but I- i'm never going to be able to touch psilocybin
0: yeah, so that's something that you can't even incorporate. Yeah, never. What's the favorite mushroom? And I know they they have different purposes, but what's your go to mushroom to try to incorporate into a product to bring the most benefit for every aspect of life? I love chaga. Right. I
1: love reishi to chill, and I love chaga to get you hype. Uh, okay. With that, we have lion's mane and cordyceps because those are the most brain- I hear power. lion's mane a lot. Lion's mane is great for brain power, and cordyceps is great for like anti-inflammatory. And what's funny about these things is you can't make any claims, right? Yeah. They don't do anything. And that's why when people are like, oh, I want to take these mushrooms, how are they gonna make me feel? It's like, they, so I brought you this. I love this stuff, this shijalit. This is a, the shit I love. And it doesn't make, make you feel. You saw this on it something. It doesn't make you feel anything, but it, I love it because it's full Vic minerals. I and, take that, it's a little black dot. Yeah, a little black and dot. Then
2: you put it in your mouth.
1: What's this like do? It
2: doesn't do anything. It's, it's, show, it's so, here's the <laughs> thing. Oh, I don't know nothing. So you know, don't feel nothing? From the, no. This is a nootropic.
1: That's a nootropic, yeah.
2: So it helps you. So this stuff, when you take it, I put three of them. So my trainer at Acceleration introduced me to this, and um, so I put you take three, put it under your tongue. It tastes like tar.
1: Yeah, it's horrible taste. Tastes like fenny.
2: <laughs> Whatever it tastes like, it's terrible. But it's, I feel like probably within 15 minutes, I'm able to concentrate. I love
1: that. So, but no,
2: you don't get high off of it. You don't
1: get anything. And then, yeah, I take it every morning with my blood pressure medicine and my my other mushrooms and everything like that.
0: This is crazy. What about what are your thoughts on Rogan always uh, advertising Alpha Brain? I think I've taken it once. Well, and so just... on it,
1: on it's great. You know, that's um, Aubrey Marcus's brand. Okay. They were bought by Unilever. Joe Rogan's an amazing guy. He's like the godfather of, of podcasts. It's right? my,
0: it's like I listen to it every night. I woke up, I couldn't sleep last night. I threw on Rogan. Well, so
1: he was the reason my brand was successful. The first brand, the Vitacoco Cafe, the Coco Cafe. Because I have a friend, JT, he was engaged to Britney Spears, and he's like 52, and he invested in Uber, Series B, 30K, made 15 million. Britney left the meeting, right, because she was bored, and he went up there, he took her, and JT's an amazing guy, Jason Treywick. Google him, he's like my best buddy, and I love that guy. Listen, Long Beach, New York, half is the year, and then Vegas, the other half. Jason what? Trawick, and he's <laughs> just the best guy ever. Already popped up. Loves pizza, loves to work out, best hair, yeah, I was going to uh, say, he looks like an actor. Oh, uh, I can't say enough about him, but like enough great things. So to me, he I always hit him up because he had Taylor Swift, he had Heidi Klum, he had Sealy, he had Dwight Yoakam, and I'm always like, yo, let me get with these celebrities, right? Like, we were going to have the wine with Rufus, and that would have been huge. We were going to have the wine with um, with Vanessa Hudgens, which mm-hmm. she had her own right, thing. Yeah. We were going to have the wine with, this would have been the one, and I should have done it, but I didn't have the money in time, Sidney Sweeney. We're gonna have the wine with her. Wow, like, that would have changed the freaking game for us. And we were right there. Could have exited right after that. Well, that's like imagine her at the Met Gala with her own skew. Like Sydney was the one, right? And I just didn't have the money to close the deal. Yeah. And I was so pissed, man. And her her agent Hannah is so cool, and her team is so cool. And then we we're gonna have Young Gravy, who's just a bum. But we were. Um,
0: <laughs> I see him on so many podcasts, and I'm just sitting here like, what the? Hell? That guy's
1: cool, like as a person in general, but his his team is strange. So I always tell JT, and I'm like, yo, get me the, and he's like, what did you do when you were successful at Coco Cafe? And I was like, I hit the streets, and he's like, well, how did you get those celebrities? And I was like, oh, he's like, well, who were they? And I was like, oh, it was like Blake Lively. He's like, well, how did she get it? I'm like, she found it. And I was like, Kelly Slater. He's like, how'd she get it? And I was like, well, how did he get it? I was like, well, I was sponsoring the surf festival he won, or the, the Lower Trestle Surf Competition. And I was like, uh, Joe Rogan used to talk about it on his podcast organically. Yeah. Right so when I went to these different distributors across the nation and their their guys, their sales reps were in their car all day listening to Rogan. Yeah. In 2011, 2012, like dude, you know he's talking about Coco Cafe. Yeah. So I called Joe Rogan's office and there was Joe answered the phone in 2011. What? And I was like, "Yo, it's BJ." I was like, "That's my coffee." He's like, "Oh, I love it." He's like, "Keep sending it to me." And at that time, it just sent it to him. I don't even know if he had video. He just posted it, he talked about it all the time. That's insane. Yeah, dude. but that's that's how different the time was too. Yeah, you, right? that's insane. Like I told you, I sold that company in three months with a cash up front equity deal, and I got into Whole Foods in sixty days. Yeah, and I was one of four coffees nationally at that level doing twenty million in sales. Now there's there's Chamberlain Coffee, the influencer coffee. There's hundreds of coffee brands. Yeah, doing that. He
0: talks about Black Rifle. I
1: don't. Black I care Rifle's about great.
0: Coffee too much. I'll have black coffee, yeah. but I'm not a There's big... so much
1: sugar in Black Rifle. I get it. It's a veteran thing. We have nice. a veterans alliance with micro doses with an amazing concept. That's sweet. It's yeah, called that's No sweet. Fallen Heroes. This guy named Wiz, he's the best looking guy, second best looking compared to JT. Um, he's a trader from Chicago. He lives in Florida now, and he's a, a Navy, Navy pilot.
0: Wow, that's Air dope. Air
1: Force, I think, not Navy. And so he flies these people in his jets all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's dope. Like you said, Dustin Lynch down there, and then he went to Colorado, and he did all those people during Sundance. That's and sweet. So it's his cause to prevent veteran suicide. Yeah. And it's called No Fallen Heroes. And that's we sweet. have a, a morning capsule and a PM capsule with them. And that's where we're gonna keep expanding that thing with them. Is it like fighter jets? Yeah, jets. That's it. one of my
0: favorite movies, is Top Gun.
1: Oh yeah. I love it. Well top our Gun brand's called Maverick, Maverick Mine.
0: That's sweet. Yeah, dude. with him. Yeah. yeah. So
1: we just launched that. That's and sweet. It's, it's just coming out right now.
0: I messaged, I, I I I watched when Top Gun 2 came out, I watched it and it was good. you know, the top the original is always gonna be the original, but um I just went nuts on Google and I started researching. I was like, how come we don't hear about like like notorious pilots nowadays, and I ended up getting a hold of one on Facebook. Message a dude, and uh, he was intrigued on potentially getting on the podcast, but he had to go talk to like his upline. We,
1: Wiz will do it. Wiz has a podcast.
0: He would do it. Oh yeah, Wiz bro, is amazing, that would man. be dope. Oh, no, Wiz we got to go dope. to
1: him. Or he'll come here. Well, he's here, but he'll do video for sure, dude. Yeah, but I don't care. Wiz is sick, man. He's an I pay awesome him
0: money player. to take me up in a jet. Dude. Well, he's got
1: a box at the Florida Panthers games, and he's just like he's a pillar of his community and That's such sweet. a nice guy. His his thing is like fights on, right? So every fights time he's it. just like you. He's like an amazing, enthusiastic guy. And one time I hit him, I was like, yo, you know, he's on an advisory board. And I was like, I need to raise some dough. And he's like, All right, wait. Like two hours later, he had 40 people call me. Forty um, people call me dang, to, to invest. Literally, all 40 of them wanted to invest. Two hours later. I, I, like I cried I'd never seen anything like it I was like I'd never seen anything like the way you can galvanize people that's insane that's leadership man. yeah
0: absolutely that's, just, dude. that's insane yeah. um, I'm curious on your experience with the FDA because you know I, now that I know you listen to a lot of Rogan and I imagine you know you're not a vegetarian
1: no i <laughs> like no me.
0: exactly yeah. so so I'm thinking here I was like Dealing with the FDA, um, and and I thought I saw something in regard to a food pyramid recommendation. Oh yeah. Where it was like Lucky Charms were better than steak. I know. Do you have issues then with trying to get some of your products approved or anything with?
1: Well, so like this is interesting because the hemp is illegal to the FDA. So getting it made was difficult because I went to some of these facilities and they're like, oh, it's a food product. And I'm like, no, it's not a food product, right? It's a supplement. So it's not regulated by the FDA. Oh, okay. So so these are great because they're unregulated okay they're not illegal they're not scheduled but they're unregulated okay so that is important for me because no i couldn't do this with the fda they wouldn't let me do it so like someone wanted to put like hemp in like a cheeseburger that wouldn't work you can't no yeah. no um, market it as food
0: yeah i was really curious on that to see like what what was the workaround or how to do that are there licenses that need to be purchased as well, well or it's just
1: you- like the 18 million going into the fda to approve psilocybin yeah it's like why would they you know you test it on rats you test it on people you test it in these sort of you know, five hundred thousand dollar increments to get a, a psilocybin approved. There's a big company out there that's doing it. You need like a hundred million minimum. Yeah. To get it approved for clinical. Yeah. Right. Unless you have a state like Oregon who approves it for uh, clinical stuff at state level. Um, Oregon has like everything legalized. Right? Oregon, yeah. Washington, Colorado. Those are the, those are the flow. Right? Yeah. You can do everything. Yeah. I mean, so the FDA. I'm not just like I'm not a fan of bureaucracy in general. I ran for office twice. I've gotten taken off the ballot twice, Yes. right? So the first time I ran in Chicago in Logan Square for state representative, um, again, against a great guy, he's been there his fourth term, he might be the best mayor prospect in Chicago, Will Gazardi. and um, we met after him, we're good friends. Now, I got taken off the ballot for not enough signatures, right? I needed 500 signatures that were valid, I got 750, but I stood on the street every day. And so when they went and they check every signature, every address, that that person's signature matches the address. It's not forged. They're registered to vote at that address. Yeah. And I didn't have enough of the five hundred, so I, I wasted over two hundred hours doing this right myself. Drove to Springfield, got these signatures turned in, you know, got everything notarized. And then when the ballot came out, the Democratic Party, I was running as a Democrat. Yeah. Took me to court, and so I was going against the Democratic Party's lawyer in court. I rep- represented myself pro se. And I lost. I didn't have enough valid signatures. I like, go back and go get these people to, like, we want to qualify them. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I'm not doing that. And so this time, it was more of a legitimate reason. I, uh, I moved to Highland Park 23 months. When the election, you need 24 months. Wow. So I was one month off. And like when they, they, they challenged my petition, they call it. Yeah. I went down to court again. And I was like, well, do, if you redistrict, you don't need 24 months. You can have any. And I was like, Do we redistrict? And they're like, No. And I was like, oh, well, then I'm disqualified. And they're like,
0: yeah. When was the last time you
1: ran? This last, this this cycle.
0: And that was for a state representative?
1: Yeah, state rep.
0: Now, my curiosity when it comes to politics, I've been studying a lot of presidents here uh, over the last month or so, is why does it seem like it is way easier to submit a vote for a president than it does for some of these lower positions? I feel like they just let anybody vote for a president.
1: Well, you know what's interesting, too, is because they're off years, right? So the yeah. presidential election falls on every four years, clearly. And most of these other elections are, are off years, so yeah. the people don't show up. Like, if that's why when I, I look at the numbers in Highland Park, to win the Democratic nod, there's 15,000, there's 30,000 voters, so I need over 15,000 to come yeah. out for the primary. So, but if it's every two years for this election, so they're two-year terms instead of four-year terms. So if it doesn't fall in a presidential cycle, you won't really even know you're voting that month. And it's March, not November. So there's, yeah. I, they don't do it strategically, they just do it because it's all messed up, it's too segmented, and then also, if you're a Democrat, you can't even see the Republican ballot in these primaries, you pull a Democratic ticket, you can only vote for the Democrats, you yeah. can't vote for the Republicans, so they re- that's where they really now start segregating the votes, right? So. I got into an argument with my my wife's friend at her twenty year high school reunion that I got kicked out of because I was so passionate. The guy's like, and he's an elected official. He's like, run as an independent. And you know, we got into it, and he's a Republican. And I'm socialized as a Republican, but I have liberal views, right? And, yeah. and I'm conservative fiscally, unless it's personal business. I'm very fiscally conservative. Yes. Personal, I spend a lot of money. Um, you know, and so we got into it, and I was like, I, I am an independent, but I can never run as an independent because the system's not set up appropriately. Yes. Right. And then even in my area, I started running as a Republican. I went to go raise Republican money, and they're like, "You got to run as a Democrat." Yes. And so then I'm running against the Democrat, and then the, the Democratic Party takes me to court again.
0: What are your thoughts on um, politically? Like, there's limitations on terms for presidents, but. It doesn't seem like there's any limits on any other of the political. Well,
1: right, like this guy that I ran against, he can be in there till he wants. It's a two-year election cycle, but he can stay for forever. Yeah, you know, I think that's cool because they can learn more, they can do more. But what I don't like is like the elderly. I don't like the geriatric people. Yes. like the dude from uh, Kentucky. I don't like that. Guy. Was that the
0: guy that that yeah.
1: like posed that? Yeah, the, like like they made the a name. meme yeah. yeah, I like. I feel
0: bad also because that's somebody's grandpa. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, could you imagine your kid and like. You know, high school and your
1: grandpa's just well, I feel bad for <laughs> locked these. up. I feel bad for these migrants right yeah. right now. You know, like that to me is, it's another archaic situation by elderly geriatric people yes. thinking that all they're doing is getting money from some roundabout method.
0: Yes. Personally. Yes.
1: Right? yes. All these people are so wealthy in the office now. Like AOC, she yeah. came in there with no money, makes 100K every year, but now she has 15 million? Yes. I was going to ask from you New that next. Ones? Yes. Like OnlyFans?
0: Yeah. That's a, that, I was curious on that. It's like Pelosi, I, th- I saw projections of like, She's crazy. $200 million, million, three hundred million. I'm like, dude, how do you do? That? She'll go Revolution. get, she'll
1: go delist a company and then sell that stock before she knows it's going to get delisted. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm like, she's crazy. That's insane. Did you see the
2: last post, I forgot who posted, but I had the last six presidents, what their net worth was. I saw that the other day.
1: In. Yeah. And who who was the least? It was Clinton. Trump oh, came in. Yeah, Trump in was the least. Clinton came in the poorest and made the most money. That's right. Yeah. He was worth two hundred million.
2: <laughs> And then um, I think, you know, Trump came in were $2.1 billion, or $4 billion.
1: Lost and money. I was, yeah,
2: he lost over a billion and a half dollars since he uh, served as Commander-in-Chief.
1: Yeah, so I'm Everybody done. Everybody else multiplied. I'm well done with power. politics. Because, to be honest, the reason I wanted to be in there was for power, right? Yeah. Like, first you get the money, then you get the power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but I again, my socialization from fourth grade, working with these kids. So I really love at-risk youth. I really yeah. love special needs. And so... What it allowed me to do was go meet a lot of people where I live, where I'm gonna live for a long time, I'm raising a kid, and it's like, it allowed me to see what I can do in that community and then what I can do in the Chicagoland area, and that would be a 501c3. Yeah. Start my own foundation, work with it in a way that I can control it, and you know, fund and so it, it myself, make like my that. own damn decisions not go to like the city and the bureaucracy. Cause yeah. that to me, like again, driving to Springfield, Springfield's a dump, have you ever been there? Yep. No. It's like meth head capital of the world. Like nice. I think that place sucks. And so like going down there, if I had to spend half my life down there, yeah. to listen to these losers talk about nothing and yeah. do nothing, yeah, like that's why even, I've never been able to get a job, ever. Never once. I can't even, like I, when like, I was getting, I knew my, my contract was ending with the wine company, I applied for like 500 jobs they wouldn't nobody would even look at me you're not experienced enough to be an innovation manager at my company with a 15 16 year track record of success innovating cpg products yeah they tell me i didn't have enough experience <laughs> that's just that's how it goes so that's why i have to do everything that's why i started microdoses. that's why i start all my companies it's because i have to or i just won't be able to pay my bills yeah can't get a job that's unhirable insane. yeah
0: that's insane so um
1: what do you still like california i love california what are your thoughts on? LA.
0: Go- is it Governor Newsom?
1: That's what, he's out now. We have um, yeah. That's what my my ringtone. Tupac, fuck the world.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, like, uh, who's the governor in L.A. right now? I think it's. Um, I don't know, but you can't live in L.A. No one lives in L.A. That's what I was wondering. When no, I was like, so I love Vegas. The, you know, my wife. We're gonna do snow thing first because she's a great skier, and then um, that's where she's the best, happiest, and so I'll do that, and then we'll go back to Vegas. Okay. So yeah, I won't go back to California.
0: Okay, that's what I was curious. Like. What are your thoughts on it? Is California just like stop by for a weekend? Well, San
1: Diego is great. San yes. Diego is the flow. Cause then you can go to Mexico, but Mexico is, I love Mexico, but it's not safe.
0: Yeah. That's what um, I was wondering. It's is like, this is tough. how safe is that now? Well, we, we go to Cancun every year through the company and I went to Puerto Vallarta. It was all right. Was yeah. Decent. No, they're,
1: they're cool. Right. I, I love Tulum. I love Riviera Maya. I love yeah. Cabo. I want to go to Mexico city. I yeah. love Ensenada and Rosarito the most. Like I love to surf. I'm not great at it, but I yeah. love it. And, um, it, it, but the, there's always that that error of like, can you get kidnapped? And if your friends yeah. do stupid things, they do get kidnapped. And we've yeah. had friends get kidnapped. And then rich friends need bodyguards. So it's there's it's always you're susceptible down there. And yeah. you, I, I don't know if I like that feeling that much. Yeah, no, you know, no. I love the food. I love the hospitality. I love the water. I love the people. Uh, but oh, yeah, man, that's beautiful. Yeah, you know, and we have an agent whose um,
2: dad got kidnapped.
1: That's what I'm saying, it's always, yeah. it's always right there. She's in Monterey. What's your guys' next incentive trip for work? Hawaii, Hawaii, That's sick,
0: yeah. yeah, Hawaii. But I, I told the guys, I want to start doing a trip monthly, I want to start hitting certain numbers and just start doing a trip monthly and potentially dabble in an idea and a vision of because we spend 15 20 grand a month just on office expense, but we can do all our sales through Zoom, yeah. And so I was like, what if we free up that money and put it into more incentives? You know what I mean, or put the money back. I, I don't know. I, I'm an in. I'm a physical contact type of individual where I like to, you know, collaborate with people in yeah. per, with in person. But I also think to myself, like, if I put 10 grand cash in front of our sales force, and I was like, yeah, who, who's going to go sell the most this month? It's. A, I know we're going to get 20, 30 percent more in sales, but also have that twenty thousand and and freed up cash. So. I don't know, just different, because we don't build, we, we sell whole life and term life, and when you pitch whole life, it's on the basis of, do you want to build equity, or do you want no equity? And it's like, obviously, when,
1: when you hear of equity, you want you want equity. I don't, but dude, that life insurance really helped me out as an entrepreneur, because I was able to put money into one of the policies, and then <clears> I needed dough, <throat> and yeah. I had dough, you know, I had yeah. like 37000 and I was like, I'll take it, and the penalty was small,
2: Yeah,
0: and I needed it's a the small. Money. I think it's on capital gains.
2: There is no capital gains. There so isn't. There you pay isn't interest, interest back into the policy, but you don't have to because it's just. I meant tax. You know, no.
0: You don't claim any tax on
2: capital. I think, I think in the capital
1: just,
0: gain in the policy
2: in the policy nothing.
1: Yeah, that's it's just, like when you recapitalize I swear, the building, I thought there was tax. Business, the yeah, thing. I just had to pay a Northwestern Mutual insurance wow. fee, and that was it. Wow, and I got my money, and I needed yeah, that money. That's it, yeah. And because I, I don't have a four hundred one k. Yeah, right. So to me, as an entrepreneur, that's like a four hundred one k. To me, yes, that's why I want to do it. So yeah. Yeah. let's set that up.
0: Yes, yeah, for sure. Five years. Where do you want to be? Five. Sometimes, sometimes I get torn between like I'm 100 in the manifestation and vision boards, but I I get torn between associating myself with time because I believe we're we born and we're die and everything in between. There, I'm just trying to go. So, but
1: if if in the future, where do you see yourself? You know, very similar to where I'm at right now, with just more peace. Like yeah. that's that's really all health and peace, and hopefully my family's healthy and and spend a little bit of time with with the elders i have in my family and, and i know that sounds cliche but that's really that's all i really want that's what yeah. makes me the happiest and the most content it's not I, like when i was your age believe me like i wanted to win the heisman when i was in college yeah. i wanted to you know i wanted to be on a. I used to manifest like a yacht and all the evening, yeah fifth grade I, I would just think about you know being on in a, on a boat like partying and <laughs> not even partying but just being somewhere else and that's what really motivated me like sure i want that but yeah. like you know i go be a peasant with my rich friends and do that too. Yeah, I really, for myself, just want to have consistency with peacefulness in my mind because, like I said, I'm very edgy. Yes. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not like depressed or anything, but I'm definitely moody, right? Yeah, in the same way. So to me, I want to make sure that I can have a consistent mood, and then spend time with my family, man. Yeah. that's really where I want to be in five years. I'll be 45. And sounds uh, like you, man. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like David. Yes. Yeah, dude. I, <laughs> like I don't know.
0: So, you know I, I from the more i study these historical figures that i look up to and i'm like what is peace at the cost of what you know what i mean yeah. so it's like i i keep going back to these these this cliche saying we've heard over the last couple of years hard times make strong men and strong men make good times and yeah, good times and it's to the tough times make, yeah. you
1: know hard times i get that
0: so uh, you know i don't know but i, I think peace is all per- perception as well because i think it's whatever whatever you think and believe and create in your mind glass half full there were some other good books I read, um, *Man's Search for Meaning*, Victor Frankl, and it's it's just a a man that has a why can bear any how. And so I, I'm you know as I've gotten older, and again I've I've not made nearly as much as, as you two have, and, and done the things that you two have, but I I I take my mom's calls more serious every single day because I I kind of work in reverse of like you know I, I keep sharing this message with my guys of like there's a last call day with with the people that we love, and I don't know when that day is, so I try to work in reverse of. You know, hypothetically what how many days and I calculate how many Saturdays would be left if life expectancy is 80 and it's like
1: oh you start thinking about it like that huh
0: yeah but it puts it puts pressure on me not in a not in an absolute negative way but more in an appreciative way like I I, I force myself to be more present and more intentional with my decision making my timing but also not like when people tell me to spend less or invest less because you know they're just agents who cares they don't care about them and I'm like this is this is a family this is a business and I'm like I'm gonna spend more.
1: Well, know? especially for the crew you roll with, man. Like they need to see that. They need to be inspired. If yeah. they don't see it, then, like then, and you guys are inspired by what you see, you know. Yeah. Unless you touch it yourself physically, you don't believe it. Yeah. So they need to see it, and if someone doesn't show it to them, they're gonna go find someone who showed it to them. Exactly. They're gonna to try to find it themselves.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anything else you guys wanted to hit on or highlight? Questions?
1: Oh, I'm glad you uh, came I out, BJ. I, I enjoyed the discussion yeah. a lot.
0: This is one of my favorite episodes, man. Oh, nice! Yeah, we should very definitely
1: inspiring. Uh, grab lunch over here one day.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Capital Girls consistent? I go uh, uh, all for the time. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's our go-to spot. Going down the to so. Gibson's
1: too is nice. Yes. I mean, you have so many good spots. So yeah. yeah. Let's all stay in touch, man. Let's get on yes. a group chat and. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, let's do start it. Start doing it. Let's do it. University Kings, if you enjoyed the episode, please like and subscribe. If you didn't, please don't unsubscribe. My mom will be upset. Thank you very much. Have a good day.